Well, hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Foundry. My name is Matt Kuman, and I am the Groups Pastor here. Um, and we are starting a new series. Uh, we had a blast this last weekend with Monday Thursday and celebrating Easter together. And now we get to start a new series. And uh, what you can see is there's a few roadsides behind me, some tires, and you're thinking, oh, no, they're bringing construction here to the Foundry. Nope. It's, it's just our series. We're going to be talking about intersections in our lives, um, specifically looking at intersections and in our relationships to others. Um, and we're doing that again through the book of Proverbs. Um, and I'm going to uh, say this again. You heard this in announcements, but make sure you grab one of these if you didn't get a chance to already. It's the wisdom book for the one who made the road. And uh, for the year, we're going to be going through the book of Proverbs. And if you started off the year great and may have slipped, now's a great time to get back into that. Um, And it's not too late to get started with it either. So make sure you pick one of those up. But through this next series, we're going to be looking at the book of Proverbs as well. Um, Because what we realize is there's so many different intersections in our lives, right? We intersect with people constantly. And how we how we deal with those intersections with the people around us is really important. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about in this series. So far over the course of this year, we've talked about content of character, which is our first series, um, looking at the things we need in our backpack, right? The things that we need to be equipped in for the road. Um, and then we talked about our talked about our relationship to God. So that following series that we just wrapped up was our relationship to God and the ways we can be viewing him. And now we're moving into relationships with others. And Proverbs has still got some great words to speak about how we should be viewing the people around us. So we're going to be combining the book of Proverbs um, and the things that that teaches on the relationships with others and also bringing in Colossians 3. Um, Colossians is a New Testament book that we'll be talking about, um, but we're going to be very specific in the people that we're talking about and the relationships that we have with each other. Um, One of those is parents that we're going to talk about today, uh, spouse, not spouses, I almost said spouses, that's a different thing. Uh, spouse, children, friends, and neighbors. Um, and you know how many different times you interact with these people, right? You, you see the people at work all the time. There's interactions there. You have interactions and intersections with the people in your family, your spouse, your children, your parents. Um, but maybe one of the questions that you're thinking right now is, okay, Matt, I'm not married or I don't have kids, Uh, My neighbors live far away, so for those weeks, can I just take off and maybe go golfing instead? Would that work? I want to encourage you, even on the weeks where you may feel like it doesn't apply to you, um, I think you'll find that it applies to you more. Uh, Because what I know and what I've found to be true is if you can get some instruction on how to interact and how to how to have intersections with your spouse that are godly um, before you get married, it is super beneficial. Even with kids, if you can learn how to be a godly parent, how to raise godly kids, um, and how to view those relationships in a godly way before you become one, um, I think that speaks wonders to our lives and in our lives. So I strongly encourage you, even in those weeks, to make sure you attend um, or you watch in some in some way because it is going to be so beneficial for your lives. 
Um, so why? Why do the intersection, why would we call this intersections? Um, we strongly believe that intersections matter. Um, and we have, any time that we come across someone in our lives, there's an intersection that happens. And we have a choice whether in that intersection to point to God or to point to somebody else. How is that interaction going to take place? What are they going to leave after that intersection with us? Um, so I think it's so important to look at what the Bible says to how we are supposed to interact with those types of situations. Uh, so the interactions we make matter. Um, but Colossians, we're pulling in Colossians in to, to kind of walk with us in the book of Proverbs because Paul, who's the writer, speaks very specifically to these different groups of people, to parents, to spouses, to children, to all these different groups of people. Um, and we're going to walk along through those um, pretty closely today. See, we chose Colossians, and I want, before we dive into it too much, I want you to understand a little bit of the context around the book of Colossians. Uh, last week uh, was Easter, um, and uh, you saw all the flowers on the stage. It, it's a day of celebration. For me, I love Easter just as much as I love Christmas uh, because we're reminded of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, in that day and age, the disciples saw Jesus rise from the dead. He, he went to visit many of them. And then their job was to go tell all the world, tell the ends of the earth, the good news about Jesus Christ. Not only that he lived on earth, but he died for our sins and rose from the dead. And their job was to bring that good news to the ends of the earth. And Paul, who wrote Colossians, was one of these people, that he was bringing this good news out. Now, in the meantime, uh, like we've taught on here quite a bit, there were people called false teachers. And they would go around to the ends of the earth as well, explaining and trying to stop people from believing in Jesus Christ. They said that he wasn't who he said he was. Um, and what Paul does in the book of Colossians is he writes to the church of Colossae to remind them to not listen to those false teachers, that Jesus Christ is who he said he was, that he died for our sins, that he rose from the dead, that the nature of who Jesus was is so true and should be un, um, unchanged. Like, don't, don't hesitate to believe in the Son of God that we've told you about. There is a deeper meaning of Christ, and he wants them to experience that to the full. So Paul does this, uh, especially in the first two chapters of Colossians. He explains, again, who Jesus Christ is and to not fall away from, from the teachings of the false teachers. Don't give in to their teachings. Um, and then what Paul does is he moves into the next phase of realizing that, okay, is if you understand who Jesus Christ is and you commit to living a life like Christ, that means that our relationships are going to be a little bit different, that we should be interacting with our relationships differently, that we respond in our relationships, relationships differently than the world around us. Um, and this is where we find ourselves in Colossians 3. And one thing uh, that we know is that relationships do matter. See, they mattered back in that day and age um, because they point people to Christ, right? All of our relationships, if they are not pointing to Christ, who are they pointing towards? Some of those things point to us. 
Sometimes those relationships point to other things in the world where the world may be trying to give us answers. But Paul knows how important relationships are in the intersections that we make in our relationship and wants to make it clear to the Colossians what the relationships should look like. And I think uh, those very things that he spoke to the, book, to the church of Colossae, uh, those things can speak so loudly in our lives as well. Um, so what we know is relationships matter. We can get that idea. If, if you ever um, had to quarantine over the last year, how, how many of you had to quarantine? Yeah, maybe some of you are sitting next to people you had to quarantine with. Um, I think you probably realized really quickly that relationships do matter, right? And not just with the people who are centered around us, but we, we are supposed to be in relationship with people around us, whether that be with our friends, our coworkers, our extended family, we realize that we are designed to be with people. And I love how Eric spoke um, the last weekend, and especially with Monday, Thursday, and the garden that Jesus brought um, his disciples to for his last moments with the disciples because Jesus cared about relationships. And then on Easter, we talked about the original garden, the Garden of Eden, um, where God designed man. And God looked down on man and said he was very good, but he was missing something, right? He was missing a companion to live life with, and that's when God created woman. See, then God saw that everything was created good, God knew that we weren't designed to be alone. And I think, I think many of us have felt that in some sort of ways over this last year. We're not designed to be alone. We're designed to have relationships. And what we know is that if relationships matter to God, if, if he cares so deeply about them, because if you look throughout the whole Bible, there's if you look at it as one story, there are so many instances where God speaks to relationship and God calls the relationships back to him. We see that in the Israelites when they called back to God after they turned away and God came uh, through Moses and released them from Egypt. We're told numerous times where God pursues relationship with us, especially sending his son, Jesus Christ, to be in direct relationship with us. You see, <clears throat> if we look back specifically to that Genesis 2, we are called to make relationship and be better with the people around us. If relationships matter to God, they need to matter to us. Um, and not only matter to us, we need to make sure that our relationships are godly and that we're pushing people to Christ through the relationships we have. And that's why if relationships matter, then we really should have instructions, right? Almost like those books, um, Relationships for Dummies. We, need, we should have some instructions on how we view our relationships, how we interact with our relationships. And I love the book of Colossians because I think it gives some of those instructions. Now, I think to my life, um, specifically when, when you have a, a problem in a relationship. How many of you like quick go to a book and think, okay, what what do I have in here that would help me with this problem? Right? What where can I find the answers to this? And that can get kind of frustrating. Right? If you don't know where to look or you don't have stuff in your mind to 
uh, immediately interact with somebody in a different way. Um, one challenge we have as a church that we want to give you over this next series is getting these words on your heart. Uh, because I think we can respond very differently as people if we know the instructions God has for our relationships and we can speak directly to those without trying to come up with a good answer on our own. Um, it's because of that that the challenge that we're going to give to you is memorizing Colossians 3. And that's, to be honest, it's, it's pretty daunting. I've spent the last few weeks trying to memorize it, and I, I've really struggled. I've spent hours trying to memorize it. Um, but I've already noticed, as these words have gotten into my heart, um, I, I interact with people differently, I feel like, already. Um, I, I know the instructions that God has in my relationships, and I am pointing to myself less. I'm pointing uh, to the world less, and I'm pointing to God more because of these words being on my heart now just for the last few weeks. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you. It, it takes a lot of work to memorize this chunk of Scripture. Um, I think it's like 24 or 25 verses, um, and that takes, it takes a lot of time. It's not something that you can just whip out in an hour. Um, I challenge you over the next, eight, this series is eight weeks long, um, so if it works best for you to, to piece it apart, to do like three verses a week, which is memorizing a verse every other day, pretty much. Um, or me and Kyle were just talking because I was telling him I had a hard time memorizing this. Um, he said that if you uh, record yourself reading it, record yourself reading it well, and listen to that over and over again, you actually hear your voice and you can um, memorize it better in that way. So um, I encourage you do what you can to memorize these verses over the next eight weeks because I think it will drastically change how you, how you think about the relationships around you. Uh, we talked a few weeks ago about the choices that we make in our lives and that sometimes um, it needs to be hard. That this memorizing Colossians 3 is going to be hard and it is going to take something from you. It's going to take time. It is gonna, you're going to need to give up something in order to memorize Colossians 3, but I really encourage you to do that because as we look at our relationships, if you think about the relationships that we have, if you think about not spending um, any time working on them, uh, what happens to those relationships? Right? We, we lose those relationships pretty quick. We may be able to skirt along for a little bit without putting any work in, but those relationships are going to slowly go away if you don't put any time into those things. Uh, so I strongly encourage you, Colossians 3, put those words on your heart. Um, they're the words of God, and they're not only going to build your relationship with God because his words will be on your heart, but it'll help you with your intersections with the people that are in your lives as well. So um, let's go through Colossians 3 to get started here. Um, and I'm going to do my best to do as much as I can from memory as well. Um, but we're going to walk in this journey together as we memorize these things. So Colossians 3, going through the whole thing. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, um, 
when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Um, Therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, whether that be sexual immorality, impurity, um, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry, uh, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all these, all these things such as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self, um, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on your new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. See, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance with someone. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all um, and overall, with these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together. All of those things binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, um, since as members of one body you are called to peace. Be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether it be in word or in deed, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now wives, submit to your husbands as it is fitting with the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they may become discouraged. Bondservants, obey your earthly masters in in everything and do it not only when their eyes are on you to curry their favor, um, but with sincerity of heart and the reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do. Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. See, I love these words, and I think, I, I get, again, want to strongly encourage you and challenge you, get those words on your heart. Um, I'm still going to be working to get those deeper in me because there's some things that I want to confuse and mix up, but I think it's so important for those words to be on our hearts, to be ready to be on our lips when the time comes that we, we need these instructions. So I want to encourage you guys to do that, but I want to spend some time today on one of those verses specifically, um, and that is verse 20 out of Colossians 3. It says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Um, And 
we're going to talk about parents today. And I think this is such an important relationship because this is something that we, we can all picture a bit. Right? We all have parents in some, in some mindset. And uh, I think uh, this has actually shifted for me a bit for my view of my parents. Um, I, six months ago, uh, became a parent for the first time. And I'm loving it. It's, we are having just a riot being parents. And uh, we've realized really quickly that uh, our little girl, McKenna, has become my whole world. Like, there's nothing that I wouldn't do for her. Um, and you realize things as you become a parent and your mind may shift a bit as to what, how you view your parents. That's what it did for me is how I, I've actually interacted with my parents differently knowing um, how I view McKenna, right? So thinking if, if I view McKenna as my whole world, she's, she's my first, firstborn, she's my daughter, um, then my parents must view me as their whole world, right? I feel sorry for my sister who's younger than me because I'm my parents' whole world and she's just the second and it is what it is. I'm sorry, Miranda, wherever you may be listening. But I'm just teasing. But really, uh, how we view our parents is important. And how we treat our parents is also super important. Um, uh, Colossians 3, children, obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. Um, I love these words. Um, but for me, it's fairly easy to picture. Right? Obey your parents. I, that, that is something that makes sense to me. I can do those things. Um, but I know, I know there's people who weren't raised by parents as good as mine. You see, I was raised in a Christian household, and my parents loved God, and they raised me to love the Lord as well. So hearing these words, obey your parents, yeah, that makes sense because they're godly parents. Uh, but there may be some of you out there that weren't raised by godly parents. Um, and as I was wrestling with this message, uh, that, that's one thing that kept coming to my mind. Like, how do, how do I teach on obeying your parents and respecting your parents if, if those parents aren't, maybe shouldn't be respected? Right? What does that look like in that instance? Um, and I actually ended up calling a friend of mine um, who didn't have parents like me. Um, his, I, I talked with him on the phone this past week, um, and he would consider his dad to be uh, abusive, um, verbally and physically abusive. Um, and instantly I think, no, you, you can't obey a man like that. How, what does that look like? So I had this conversation with him about what does it look like when you hear these words, children, obey your parents in, in everything. Because in my mind, he shouldn't be obeying his parents and everything, right? That, that just makes sense in my head. So I asked him, what does this look like? Um, and his answer was actually really close to how Proverbs ties into how we should treat our parents. So let's jump right into the book of Proverbs, and I'll kind of continue to tell these stories as we go. But Proverbs, um, there's three specific things that I want to pull out of Proverbs today in how we should treat our parents. And the first one comes from uh, Proverbs 30, verse 17. It says this, The eye that mocks a father, that scorns an aged mother, will be pecked out by ravens of the valley and will be eaten by the vultures. Wow. 
pretty encouraging words there, are they not? Um, uh, when I read that, though, I think to respect. You don't hear that directly out of that. But what I see is you need to respect your father. And I that mocks a father. If you're not mocking your father, you're respecting your father. Uh, scorns an aged mother. If you're not scorning your mother, you're, you're respecting who she is as a person. Um, and when I called uh, my friend to ask, okay, how do, you, how do you do that? Like, how do you respect a father who is abusive in multiple ways? Um, and one thing he said to me is that uh, it doesn't mean you don't respect him. Because he's like, I still feel like I am called to respect my father. Um, but he's like, that respect just looks different. Um, there's... He used the illustration of a bank. When you walk into a bank and you go up to the teller and um, you have that interaction, you could say intersection if you'd like, uh, when you have that interaction, there is a sense of mutual respect, right? There is respect that comes out of that. But what you don't see is either one of those people opening up much to each other about their lives or inviting each other over a ton or, or welcoming them into their life struggles. Uh, you don't see people walking in to the bank <coughs> asking for guidance about specific things in their life. Or what I heard from my friend is saying that, see, that the relationship with his dad is a lot like that, where there's respect Absolutely, because he feels like he's called to respect his dad, but that doesn't mean he is looking to his dad for guidance. Right? I think that that made so much sense in my head when I look at the relationships with some friends that I have that don't have great relationships with their parents. It doesn't mean that you don't get to, get to respect them. Right? You should not be talking badly about them. It, looking at that passage, you shouldn't be mocking your parents. You, you do still need to respect them. But if they've done damage, um, if, there's, if there's things that they shouldn't be let back into your lives, don't, don't see these words of obeying your parents and respecting your parents as allowing them to hurt you again. Right? Hear that loud and clear. Do not, if there is a bad situation, do not allow that into your life again. Um, figure out what respect means in your life with your parents. So that's number one, respect. Second thing is, um, out of verse 23, uh, Proverbs 23, verse 22. Listen, my son, to your father's instructions and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Um, I think this one's pretty funny for me because when I was younger, um, I would sit on the couch and watch TV and my mom would often uh, give me chores to do as I was watching TV, which was probably her first mistake. Uh, she'd come and say, Matt, uh, can you uh, empty out the dishwasher or can you take out the trash or set the table? Some of those little easy tasks and I would say, yep. And then she'd walk away and 15 minutes later, she'd come back in and she'd like, Matt, why aren't you doing that? I'm like, when did you tell me to do that? Like, I was so in my world. There is a large difference between hearing something, right? Letting something into our mind and actually listening to those things, right? I can hear all day long my mom telling me things to do, but until I actually listen and do them, I mean, nothing happens. So the book of Proverbs calls us to listen to your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. 
I think even one step further, it goes into guidance, right? Are we listening to the guidance of our parents? Um, and I, I strongly believe um, that these words were written with God intending them to be godly parents. Like these words um, were spoken in a way that uh, God intended parents to be godly. So we need to be very careful if our parents are not godly, right? We shouldn't be going to them for godly wisdom if they're not godly people, right? Maybe that guidance looks different. Maybe listening then looks different. Um, The third thing uh, comes out of chapter 23, uh, verse 22, and it says this. The father of a righteous child uh, has great joy. The father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. So what we see is this third thing is seeks to bring them honor and joy. Um, And I think again to my childhood and even now, uh, me and my dad have a very similar humor. Uh, We love to laugh together um, and Truthfully, we mock each other quite severely. Huh? We, we love having fun together. Um, but I think this ne- it's not just bringing them joy. Um, I think there's, again, another step from joy um, and then to bring them honor as well. And that's not something that we use all that much in this culture now. Um, but if you think about in the Old Testament, the New Testament, when people would even introduce each other, they would say, I'm so-and-so, son of so-and-so, and so-and-so. You see genealogies a ton throughout the Bible because honor mattered. Uh, you even can see that in different cultures in the world where honor is still a huge deal. They do not want their, their kids bringing them shame. Shame and honor um, are, are a huge difference, especially in other cultures. So what does it look like to live our lives in ways that bring our parents honor? Um, and I think that's all in, our, all in our intersections, right? The way we interact with the relationships around us can either bring our parents honor or they can bring them shame. You see, I want to leave you today with two challenges. One of those challenges is what we talked about in the beginning, memorizing Colossians 3. Um, And if you want help with that, if you're like, I'm struggling, let's have a study date and we're going to go. I I will help you get through it because I am working through this just as much as you are with this. So I'd love the chance to do that. But memorize Colossians 3. Um, And then the second challenge is respect, listen to, and seek to bring your parents honor. Um, And I want to speak to two different groups of people in that challenge because I think there's a season in our lives um, where we don't want to do any of those things with our parents. There's a time in our lives between, say, middle school, maybe a bit before that, um, through college um, where you realize, I don't think my parents are very bright. I don't think they're very smart at all. They uh, tell me I can't do things. They don't know the life I'm living. They don't understand uh, the, the struggles I have in my life. Trust me, I was in that boat as a child as well. I'm like, really? They, I'm, supposed to think, I'm supposed to obey you and think you know best? But really, um, I, I think there's a season where kids and teenagers and young adults go through this phase of trying to figure out what... What makes sense and who to obey? And students, I want to encourage you. If your parents 
I want to speak to you specifically. If your parents are godly parents, seek their wisdom. Seek their guidance. And this goes for everybody. Um, there, there is wisdom that comes, like we talked about, wisdom from the one who made the road. Right? There is godly wisdom that can be learned from reading about the one who made the road. But I think there's also wisdom that comes from being on that road for a, for a long period of time. I think our parents, if they're godly people, have a sense of wisdom because they've been on the road. They know where to look for God. They know where God might be speaking. Um, If you don't have godly parents in your life, I strongly encourage you to find godly parents' life. Parents who are, let's see here. Other role models. Let's try that. I strongly encourage you to find other role models who have been on this road, who have been through um, godly wisdom and are looking where God is present in their lives. Attach to them. Look to them for guidance. Um, And above all else, respect them. Listen to them. And seek to bring those people honor and wisdom. Um, I think when we look at our lives and the way we interact specifically with our parents, um, it speaks wonders to what it looks like if we look to them for guidance, especially if they're following along with the one who made the road. Um, there's your two challenges this week. Um, I, I'm excited to walk through this series with you guys, um, and I hope you guys are too. So uh, to end today, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for uh, the way you spoke through Paul and Colossians and spoke very directly to how we should be interacting with different groups of people. Um, I ask that as we think about all the different intersections in our lives, and specifically the intersections in the um, relationships that we have with our parents, um, I ask that you give us the strength to respect them, to listen to them, Um, and to seek to bring them honor and joy. Um, And God, I ask that if we weren't raised in a Christian household and if our parents, um, if if we have a hard time respecting our parents, um, I ask that you give us the strength and the wisdom and discernment to know how to interact with those relationships because we still know that we, we are called to respect them in some way. We're called to listen to them in some way. Um, but I ask that you give us people in our lives um, who we can look to for that godly wisdom so that we um, can be on the path looking for you. I ask this all in your name we pray. Amen. I want to end today with a reminder from Psalm 3, verse 20, that says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Um, And what we know is there are going to be intersections constantly throughout our lives, whether that be with relationships with uh, other people or just relationships with our parents and intersections with our parents. Um, And what we know is if those... um, if those interactions with our parents are obeying them, that they are pleasing to God. And that means respecting. That means listening to. Um, and that means hoping to bring them joy and honor. Um, and sometimes for some of you, that may be hard to do. You may be struggling. How do, how do I get this? How do I respect my parents? Um, and I strongly encourage you to think maybe outside of your own feelings. Maybe there's some past hurt that you need to take a step back and think, I'm... I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this because this pleases the Lord. Um, I think 
if we had that mindset for a lot of things in our lives, um, we'd really be better people. So take that first step with your parents, um, whether they be great people or um, maybe they're a struggle to deal with. But take a step to figure out what does it look like to respect them um, because it is pleasing to the Lord. Um, And go with this final blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, church. Have a great week.